dudes together. When you get two dudes together. All right. <laughs> um, welcome back to Time to Be Frank. Today I got an awesome guest. Um, honestly, I I have received the warmest welcome in my life from this guy and his wife. Uh, during COVID last year, everybody was isolated. Went to the grocery store. This guy saw me. Lit up his face. Uh, like, super excited to see me. And then goes home and writes a Facebook post. Just saw a straight-up legend at Kroger. Uh, never, never felt more welcomed mm. from a brief interaction than that interaction. Mm. So, the great... The fun, uh, the the man, the myth, the legend, C.J. Rhodes. <laughs> C.J., uh, glad to have you on. And we're, we're talking about church kids today, right? Yeah, yes, sir. Thank you, Frank. It's, it's great to be here. I just want to say, too, I don't ever update my Facebook status, ever. So the fact that I did for you, that was special, man, because I did. I ran into a straight-up legend, right <laughs> and I had to let the world know, dude. But no, dude, time to be frank. I love it. I think this is a great podcast. I'm a big time listener. I've listened to every episode, as you know, and uh, uh, I think you're a great host as well. I love your conversations. I love the way the things flow. So I think it's awesome, man. I'm just excited to be here. All right. Well, awesome. Well, let's get into it. So, um, kind of the reason we're we're doing this episode together is we both grew up um, as as church kids, and we we kind of have our own unique perspectives on. Uh, kind of what that experience is like. Um, I guess to start, though, CJ, what what are some of your, like, initial uh, memories of, like, growing up in the church? That's a good question. I actually wanted to start with um, two caveats. Go that, for if it. that's okay. 100% okay. Okay, so the first caveat is that I know we're about to talk about the struggles of growing up in the church or growing up as a church kid, right? And we're yeah. going to talk about our own struggles with that. But um, I also want to make the caveat that I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have wanted to be raised any other way. Like, I'm totally grateful and thankful for how I was raised and my upbringing and my parents and the job they did. And I just had an awesome time. Like, I made some of my best friends, some of my best memories. Um you know, are, are through growing up in the fellowship and things like that. Um, I think not only that, it gave me a great foundation and basis in my life. Um, so I wanted to make that caveat that like, while we have struggles like everyone else, I'm totally, I wouldn't have wanted to be raised any other way. And second caveat is that I think what I don't like, okay, church kids, we have our struggles, right? They're just different than other people's struggles. Absolutely. And that's what we're going to get into. Yeah. But I think I think another thing is that church kids get a bad rap. And I don't like, I don't fucking like that. You right. know? Well, yeah. What's the bad rap? Well, people, you hear people say like, oh, fucking church kids or whatever. You know, like church kids suck or something like that. And um, so, yeah, we have our issues and our pro- like our problems or whatever. But I'd rather have the problems of a church kid than a lot of the problems other kids have who don't grow up in the church. You know what I mean? Like, um, Yeah, no, I agree. They have their own set of problems. I'd rather have the problems I had than their problems, honestly. So, And, uh, you know, church kids get a bad rap. But also, a lot of leaders 
and the fellowship that you and I are both a part of. Yeah. Grew up church kids. And so how bad are they really, you know? So it's just it's just a different set of struggles that I wanted to point out there. Yeah, no, I and I I totally agree with that. Um I think the interesting thing is like I mean obviously everybody's coming from the position of like being fallen. And I do think it it's really important especially, you know, cuz we're talking about within the confines of Christianity here, yeah. the idea of grace and like Every parent fucks up. Mm-hmm. Everybody fucks up. Right. Um, and so we don't we don't want to be overly critical of things that have gone wrong. Um, I, I think like the idea that we're trying to talk about today is is more hopefully um, to help people mm-hmm. who are raising uh, kids in the church yeah. to kind of give you a, a kind of a viewpoint on where they may be coming from and kind of the experience that they may be having. Uh, a lot, um, but you know, I think, you know, I I think there's a lot of different um, adaptations or illustrations of what kids are like growing up in the church, and and a lot of them negative. There's a there's a movie came out in '04 uh, called Saved with Mandy Moore and Macaulay yeah. Culkin. Um, there's a recently a movie that came out with one of the girls from Stranger Things, uh, Natalia Dyer, called Yes, God, Yes. Mm. And I think, you know, there's there's a lot of negative illustrations of what what it means to grow up in the church. and, and yeah. But I think there's, yeah, there's a lot to be said about the positives, too. Right. And how, I mean, if it is true, then you're being brought up in the truth. Yeah. I mean, and... It, it does lay an awesome framework for yeah. love. Yeah. And when that, when you understand God's love for you and you're able to share that with other people yeah. and you learn that as a kid, I mean, there's almost nothing better than that. Like, that's yeah. awesome. But I think, like you said, there's some unique struggles. Right. Um, and that's what, that's what we're going to talk about, yep. which is good. Absolutely. I'd also like to say, if I could, I don't Absolutely. know if this is allowed, this is your podcast, but... This podcast is brought to you by Liquid Death. That's that's what I'm drinking here tonight. It's just water. No need to be afraid. Stay hydrated. And Frank's eating some pizza. This is great. We're down here in the lab. We're in the studio. We're in the dungeon. We got Mountain Dew everywhere. Yeah. So let's get into it, man. This is great. Yeah. And, you know, the nice thing about having our faith is, like, we don't have to be worried about Liquid Death. Because we have... (laughs) You know, then liquid eternity to look uh, forward to. Nice, dude. We got the living water. Yeah, living see. water of Jesus Christ in our veins. Well, right? We should make our own fucking canned water company called <laughs> the Living Water, dude. Yeah, dude. That uh, just a little side topic. Sure. That's totally like a marketing. Like, I mean, they they did a great job with it, but yeah. like, it, it's it's modern marketing at its finest. Like, oh, yeah. oh we'll, we'll take water and we'll just call it liquid death and we'll make it look like a beer can yeah. and all these fucking stupid millennial fucks will buy it because they're stupid that's right people like, like me it's an insult to to people that's right well you know what but it's also cool so it's like I don't know this this elicits some of the strongest reactions from people that I've ever seen some people are that's like, great marketing some people oh, are like oh damn that's dope you know like oh water that's I'm down with that shit some people are like wait it's just water what the fuck? I'm like, yeah. yeah, it's just water. They're like, but it looks like beer. It's not beer. No, just water. Some people are like, that's a waste of an aluminum can. You know, it's it just, 
people's reactions. It's very polarizing beverage, dude. That's brilliant marketing yeah. when, when you say that because, I mean, that's what good marketing is supposed to bring. I also forward. wanted to say, too, that you can't label us, dude. You can't put the label of church kids on. You can't confine you and I to that fucking label of oh, church no. kids. I'd rather refer to us, use people first language and say kids who were raised in the church, you know, rather than church kids. <laughs> I'm just fucking kidding, dude. I'm yeah, I, I really couldn't <laughs> give less of a shit about labels. I'm just kidding. My, my thing, and I, I get into, uh, honestly, debates all the time with my dad because my dad's like, why are you putting yourself in this label, dude? Yeah. Not about this, but about politics usually. And I'm uh, like, okay. dude, like, how do you explain something yeah. in a, like a, a short amount of like words or time right. without having these like kind of broad strokes yeah. confined down into like one or two words? I, th- I think it helps to communicate what you mean. Now, I don't think we should think that just because you you apply to a label you meet every you know stereotype or something like that yeah. or you're you know a party line individual yeah but i think well they can be helpful to explain yeah. where you're at and what you're talking about well what i was going to say was that even though even though i am a church kid i guess technically mm-hmm. i don't think of myself like i don't think of myself as a church kid i don't really identify as a church kid i feel like i'm just when I think of myself, I just th- I'm just a dude. You're just CJ living Rose. my fucking life. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not a fucking church kid, even though I am, to, I guess. But you know, when I think of you, when you think of church kid, you think of like weirdo loser dude. Yeah. You know? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I guess I don't think of myself that way. You you think of like weird virgin kid. Yeah, dude. Who wears a cross necklace <laughs> and button up and yeah. Get slayed in the spirit. Yeah, dude. And not, you know, your regular Browns fan. No, And during another loss on a Sunday afternoon. Right. Crying with a Miller Lite in his right hand and, you know, a fist of fury (laughs) in his left. That's... Goddamn, dude. That's exactly right. And, you know, except for the Miller Lite, that describes me as well. (laughs) Uh, But to get into it, I guess... uh, that's I, enough with the... That was a long preface, but here we are. We're getting into it. We're, we're getting into it. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, early early childhood, like, what are your first memories of, like, growing up in the church? Yeah, that's a good, good question. So, you know, I guess to start, my parents... You know, my parents were Christians, still are Christians, obviously, and... Um, so I was born kind of into into church. I was born into this fellowship that both you and I are a part of here. So, you know, I was going to like all the the little kid programs and stuff, and um, went to the you know went to a Christian school, um, obviously. So yeah, I was I was raised in that raised that you know they were teaching me about Jesus and stuff like that. I remember all that. I had the. I still remember those like uh, Bible picture books, yeah. which were cool. I uh, I like that. I'll use those with my kids probably. I don't have kids yet, but when I do, you know, I will. Yeah, no, I think I think those are. I mean, you're trying to distill like a very complicated book to kids, but like pictures definitely help. Yeah, and and there are some cool like, you know, they take you through the kind of the highlight stories of it. Yeah, and honestly. Those stories and and like the book like that yeah. does give you like some help later on in in your walk yeah. because it's like 
I know the story of Joseph. Yeah. And then, like, you go back to it as an adult. Yeah. And it's so much cooler because you're filling in the gaps yeah. that weren't there. But it's still a cool story growing up, and, and, and it gives you a foundation of understanding of, like, yeah. kind of the narrative of the Bible. Yeah. Not fully, but it gives you that foundation. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's good, too, because a lot of people today are, like, biblically illiterate. Like, they, they grew up. A lot of people didn't grow up in the church. They don't have that foundation or that knowledge. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it does give us that great foundation like you're talking about. Like, yeah, I'm five years old, and I know who Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are. You know, like, I know that story. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, So, yeah, um, I remember all that stuff. Um, they taught me about Jesus. I remember, so in Christian school, they would, they would talk about Jesus dying on the cross for our sins and... Um, that that was a decision that we could make to receive, you know, his payment for our sins, and we could know him personally. And so I remember doing that. I remember at a young age, I I was I got on my knees. Like I remember it vividly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got on my knees, on next to my parents' couch, and I like knelt by it and crossed my hands and prayed. And I prayed to. I remember praying to receive Christ. You know, I was praying, like, God, I want what Jesus' death on the cross did. I want that to apply to my life. I want that to apply to my sins. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think that there was a an understanding of, and interrupt me anytime, because I'm just kind of telling you my story. I'll interrupt you when I want to interrupt you. Yeah, it's your podcast, dude. Yeah. You do whatever you want, man. But <laughs> I, I'm more enthralled by your story, okay, so keep okay. going. So I think there was an understanding of um, guilt you know, like sin, things that I had done wrong. You 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 understand those things, so I. Oh I, yeah. Yeah, you fucking know for sure. Yeah. Um, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're a fucking yeah. big ass sinner, you you're fucker. Piece of shit. Dude. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think I also so I you know I prayed to re- receive Christ. I remember doing that, and but I think part of it too was I was afraid of going to hell. You know, like. A little, a little oh fuck kid, yeah! A little kid, you're thinking about hell. You're like, I don't want to fucking go there. No. So I'm praying to receive fucking Jesus right now. You yeah. Know what I, mean? I don't know. Were you like that? Like, did you, were you afraid of hell? Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, similar to where you're, what you're talking about. I remember growing up, like, when I was in like, you know, kindergarten, first, second, third grade. Yeah. I accepted Christ like billions. Well, not billions, but like yeah. a bunch of different times. Yeah. Um, one reason being, like you said, fear of hell. You know, yeah. um, I I didn't want to experience pain for eternity, which is a scary thought. Oh yeah. Um, and you know, I also had a three-year-old understanding of hell. Sure. So, in heaven, yeah. heaven was the the you know the. Um, harps and shit at that point in my mind. Sure. Sure. But, um, no, I, I, I definitely was afraid of hell, wanted to go to heaven. Mm. The other thing, too, that I thought was big was, like, and the reason why I kept doing it is I always thought that when I accepted Christ, mm. I would feel the Holy Spirit come into me. Mm. And this, like, just kind of, like, feel different. Yeah. Feel like, you know, the... Like, everybody talks about this as, like, a great experience. Yeah. Uh, accepting Christ. And yeah. a lot of people talk about it being, like, a life-altering experience, you yeah. know. 
Um, and that's what I was hearing from like different adults and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why isn't this happening to yeah. me? You know, like I'm praying and then I, you know, wait five minutes. I feel the same. And then, then I did it again, Yeah. you know, and that scared me. Mm. Um, yeah, that's interesting. And I think the other thing that's interesting too is like some of the conversation about the Holy Spirit. Mm. Um, when you're when you're a kid is like very black and white, mm. and what I've learned growing up is like the, it's like the Holy Spirit is obviously important. Yeah, it comes into your heart, mm. but it's not like it's not yelling at you all the time. Mm-hmm. Like you hear the idea of listen to the Spirit, mm. listen to the Spirit. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, I've accepted Christ fifty times. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Why am I not hearing the spirit? Yeah. And as I've grown older, I'm like, that's it's it's not as distinct, yeah, as you know. I think it's framed to be right. It's not like the fucking Holy Spirit slapping you in the face, no. like, hey, Frank, fucking do this, you know? No, yeah, it's not like that at all. It's it's like God communicates obviously through His Word. Mm-hmm. Um, through the people in your life, but he also, I think, he presents thoughts in your mm-hmm. mind. But you know, and, and you don't control your whole mind. Mm-hmm. Like there is a chemistry side of it. Yeah. I think spiritually, there's you know, um, Satan and and you know, demons have a role to play. Yeah. Um, they can present thoughts in your mind, um, and I think God can present thoughts in your mind. But you have. A choice of like where you're gonna put your attention, mm-hmm. um, and what you're gonna listen to. Yeah. There and and so you do have a big role to play, but but not everything that comes into your brain. And that we talked about that in the Finding OCD with God podcast. Mm-hmm. But not everything that comes into your brain is you. There's you know there's a spiritual component, but it's yeah. not it's not super distinct. Yeah. You have to, and and I think that's where reading the Bible comes in. Is like, as you read the Bible you have an understanding from God himself who he is. Mm-hmm. And so like when you're experiencing different thoughts and things like that, yeah. you're more apt to know what God might be saying. Yeah. And so the thought that sounds like God, the God of the Bible yeah. may be from the Holy spirit. Yeah. But it's not like, and that's the thing I was like super hung up on was like, I felt like I was going to feel like this cloud of hugs yeah. come over me and like feel right. great. And, and that just never happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think as, you know, growing up and, and doing research for myself, understanding yeah. what I think of the Holy Spirit, I, I think I've gotten a better picture mm-hmm. of who he really is and, and what he does. And I, I do believe that I have the Spirit, but I think yeah. it's a completely different um, picture than what I had as a kid. Yeah. Well, so you said a lot of things that I vibe with and <laughs> that I want to get into myself. Yeah. So continuing with my story then, so um, I received Christ, right? And so one, I grew up, maybe I, I'm maybe a couple years older at this point. I remember praying to God that he would, like, give me something. 
I don't even remember what it was. I don't even remember what I prayed for. It was probably like, God, I pray I fucking get some fucking Pokemon or some shit. <laughs> or like some fucking new Pogs or some shit. I don't know, dude. I don't know what the hell I prayed for. Oh, right? dude, those are big, those are big growing up prayers. Pogs? No, 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 just like what oh, you yeah. want. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. know, like, God, God fucking... my parents have them... You know, give, give me, me a, a fucking PlayStation. yeah, or a milkshake or something. Yeah, 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 dude. Can we please stop at McDonald's? Yeah, <laughs> but you get there and the fucking ice cream machine's broken. You know, as usual. No. I, I worked at McDonald's for four years, so why is it always broken? It, it just is. Like I, I don't know. It's a shitty, it's a shitty machine. Yeah, it's, it's fucking not, sucks. Dude. It, yeah, it does. It does suck. It's funny. It's a great, it's a great place to work though. First sure. job, highly recommend McDonald's. <laughs> You know, I tried to get a job at McDonald's when I was in high school, and they fucking turned me down. Their loss, really. Yeah. I was a fucking hard worker. Still am, you know? There you go. But, uh, so I prayed to, I was like, God, you know, I pray I get this or something. I don't remember what it was. But I didn't, it didn't happen, right? Yeah. So I was like, I was pissed at God, right? And I was just mad. And so I was being a little drama queen, I think, and just kind of like pouting and mad. And in this weird, immature, like, moment of being a drama queen, I was like, God, I want you out of my life. Like, I told him that. I said, God, I, I want you out of my life now, or something like I said that. I didn't really mean it, I don't think, but I was just being a little drama queen, right? You were upset. I was upset. Now, here's the thing that's interesting, though, is that that fucking haunted me for years afterwards. I was afraid that God did leave my life, you know, or that I I rejected my salvation in that moment. Mm. I was afraid for years after that. That fucking haunted me. And so I remember um, growing up, you know, now let's say I'm 11, 12, 13 years old, however the fuck many, and you're laying in your bed at night it's dark, it's late, and you're just alone with your thoughts, right? Yeah. And that thought would come in of like, dude, are you are you saved? Are you going to heaven? Or did you reject your salvation? Are you going to hell? Like, that fear would haunt me. And so then I prayed to receive Christ again and again. Like you said, probably hundreds, not hundreds, that's like crazy. I don't know, maybe like 50 times or something. Yeah, yeah. Because I was afraid, you know? I was like, did I... Did I you know, cancel my salvation when I said that. I was afraid of that. So then I prayed to receive Christ a bunch of times after that because I was afraid, you know. So it was weird. That was one thing that haunted me. Another thing that haunted me, this is a little tangent, but another thing, well, I think actually because of that, this haunted me. There's a verse in, I think it's, I wrote it down in my notes, which I didn't bring. I think in (laughs) Matthew 7, Uh he's taught, Jesus is talking, and he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. And they'll say, but Lord, didn't we prophesy and perform miracles and cast out demons in your name? Like, we did these things. We cast out demons and stuff in your name. What do you mean we're not getting in? And he said, he said I'll say to them, I never knew you, right? Mm-hmm. So these are people, it seems like it's talking about people who think that they're eternally secure, right? Think that they're saved. But they get there and he's like, I never knew you, homies, you know? And I was like, dude, is that me? Like, is that going to happen to me? Like, am I that? Because I think I'm a Christian, but maybe I'm not, 
you know, maybe that, that question of like, did my prayer to receive Christ, did that really count, you know, or like, did I really reject my salvation? Like, am I not, you know, so that, the combo of those two things haunted me for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that makes sense. I, you know, and that's an, that's a whole interesting conversation too, because, um, the whole, I mean, I think I think of Romans eight one a lot. There's no, there's now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Yeah, and I think too, it's like everybody changes throughout their life. They go through a, a, a number of experiences and and experience different perspectives and things like that. And I tend to think, you know, this is a gracious, loving God we're talking about. Yeah, you know, that's that's how He describes His character, and He is our basis kind of for morality. Yeah, Him being good. You know, um, and I think, you know, one person at one point in their life, you know, makes that decision and, and throws that prayer up. Yeah. Uh, I think he's going to honor that decision at any point in your life because, you mm-hmm. know, he is a good and loving God. And, like, yeah, maybe some, and, you know, there's the whole interesting conversation of blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, what that is. Sure. Uh, there's a lot of conversation to be had about that. Sure. I don't think we want to dig dig deep into that right now. But we could, but we not right now. Not right now. Sure. But like the whole concept of like giving away your forgiveness, I just think like time and your life, you're at so many different stages. Yeah. And I think if at any one point yeah. you make that call out to God, I think when you're standing at the gates of heaven yeah. and you see God face to face, you're like, I want yeah, like I did it. Yeah. And like maybe I maybe I, you know, f- fucked up a bunch. Sure. Uh maybe I turned changed my mind on things, but like Yeah. I think the loving God who's mm-hmm. there will honor that one decision. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting cuz I was like we both had that like 50, yeah. you know, time. And I even I've accepted Christ in college. Okay. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude, hell yeah. yeah. Uh I mean <laughs> like 4 years ago. I I What why? Why'd you do it again? I don't know. Dude. It was kind of like a. Do you not think you a little were bit really of an insecurity still with that okay. whole idea of like, never like, feeling this cloud of hugs or whatever you know? Sure. Um, yeah, sure. So that scared me, but I think too it's like, I just, I I've grown in my understanding of what it was, what accepting Christ is. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of scared and fragile in those moments. Mm-hmm. But I don't think those were the times I accepted Christ. And okay. I also think, like, God will let you say that prayer as many times as you fucking want. Yeah. Um, so, not yeah. a big deal. I, I view it as not a big deal. NBD, think, dude. Yeah, NBD. But I do think it's important now that I understand, you know, that I was saved from those earlier decisions because what was genuine was I, you know, wanted Jesus' death to count for me. Right. Um, and I wanted wanted to go to heaven. Yeah. Um, and I knew that I had made a lot of mistakes. Mm. I mean, I've always been a guy who, like, beat myself up about shit. Sure. So, like, definitely didn't need convincing that I was a sinner. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, I want you to forgive those based on what your son did on the cross. Yeah. So that brings up kind of an interesting question, which is like, yeah. 
how old do you think you have to be to be able to do that? Yeah. I don't know. That's a good question. I think uh, pretty young. Like five or six. I, I yeah. think you can I think you can understand those basic concepts yeah, yeah. at a pretty young age now. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I mean I think that when I think about myself and my own salvation, like if I were to try to pinpoint like which one was it? Yeah. I'm gonna go with the first one. Yeah, no, I mean that's you right. You know what I mean? Like, that's right. Fuck it, dude. Like it was genuine. And uh yeah. I'm going with the first I understood. You know, I understood that all the the essential things and you know, that it was by faith alone, you know, the grace of God through what his son did on the cross and if you want that then ask for it. And understanding of you know, you've done things that are wrong and that's a that's a real issue, you know. So yeah, I think. I don't know. People get into all that. I'm like, I don't know, man. I can only speak for myself. Like, I used to freak out. So now, now I feel like we're getting into like my doubting period. Okay. Which could be interesting. Oh yeah, no, I think that's important. This is like the period of like. So I'm like, I'm in our college ministry, right? Obviously, I grew up in the church. I went to our middle school church, our high school church. Now I'm in the college ministry, right? And I'm living in this ministry house with dudes, right? And um, let's say I'm maybe 22, 21, 22, something like that, I think. So I've been in the ministry house for a good four years at this point. Faking it, you know, living kind of a double life. um, Because this was kind of during my rebellious period a little bit where, you know... I was drinking a lot, you know, like getting drunk, partying, whatever. Um, not really giving a fuck about fucking spiritual things. But because I had grown up in the church, right, I knew how to go through the motions. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like, I knew how to do just enough to keep people off my back and to keep people from asking questions. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, there was a lot of motherfuckers that were patient with me. Like, I know... <laughs> what know, a sentence. There are a lot of motherfuckers who are patient. <laughs> That's a great sentence. Thank you, thank you. I mean, I think of my like myself now. I'm 33 years old. If I, if I think of, like, if I was working with some 20-year-old shit-ass like me who was just a piece of shit, I would be so frustrated. I'd be like, God damn, what are you doing here, dude? So I, I got to give a shout-out to all the people that worked with me and were patient with me, and I got to sh- shout them out and say thanks to them for persevering. Through my shit. Fuck but, yeah. um, so I was kind of doing this, like, one foot in, one foot out kind of thing, you know, like, um, and so at, a result of that was that all this church stuff was really dutiful. Everything felt like I'm doing it because I have to, not because I want to. Yep. And, uh, everything was obligation, like, it was totally obligatory. So doing everything, like going to Bible studies. I like, do it because I should do it. Right. Not because I Not because I want to, but this is what I should do, right. so I'm going to do it. And so when you're doing things for that reason, it sucks. You're like, I don't want to be here. I'm not, you're not engaged. You're not participating. It's dutiful. You're dragging your feet. You're dragging ass. You're complaining. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so this is going on for a while, and I think... And, and again, I would, you know, I started, I started to reach a point in my life and in my walk, if you could call it that, 
Uh, in your crawl. In my fucking whatever piece of shit stage. Yeah. Uh, where I would be laying in bed at night again, you know, late night. <clears throat> and my th- my thoughts and my mind would begin to s- just run. I couldn't sleep because my mind's racing with thoughts. Yeah. Thoughts like those same questions I was bringing up before. Like, are you really saved? Are you really a Christian? When you prayed to receive Christ, did that really count or did it not? Is God even real? How do you know? God, if you're real, I want to know. Please show yourself to me. I wanted him to come down and fucking slap me in the face or something crazy so that way I could know you know like I used to say like oh dude seeing is believing God so let me fucking see you know like I was I was looking for I was looking for some sort of sign you know what I'm saying no absolutely I mean that's that's why I was feeling like with the with the you know I felt like the Holy Spirit coming upon me when I accepted Christ was gonna be like this cloud of hugs like I was looking for this experience that said you know this is this is it like and like would like just kind of change everything. Mm-hmm. This all-encompassing like experience, and and that never came. Yeah. You know? Well, I think that's what I was looking for too. Is this experiential thing, a feeling kind of state, like a feelings basis? So we often talk about this idea of. Um, well, let, let me go back into the story here. Yeah. Um, so this is going on for so long, or long enough that I start to reach a point where it's like, dude, you need to decide like what you're doing and you need to decide what you believe because if you don't believe this stuff you might as well just leave and go do your own go do what you want to do out there whatever that is you know yeah but if you if you decide that you do believe this stuff then it makes sense to that you know make that what your life is all about you know so I was like I was like okay I need to figure out what I believe you know and I would have there would be that pressure too and it wasn't a real prep. No one was actually putting pressure on me. But it was like a perceived pressure. Like what you were talking about earlier where it's like, if I left, what would my parents think? You know, if I left, what would so-and-so think? You know, like there's this feeling of like, I don't, I don't want to leave following God or leave the church or something like that because it would disappoint people or something like that. Which, know? to be fair, I think like... We live in a world of fallen people. I think there, some of that is is valid. Is like, like we have real relationships built up here with people we care about, mm-hmm. and um, sometimes people, you know, don't, like if you make a decision, like you know, uh, turning away from God or something like that. Yeah, they're not going to, you know treat you the same way and whether that's right or wrong that's you know I think you know there's a lot that goes into it yeah um, but I think that pressure that's felt that you know you're kind of this is what you know yeah this is what you've been a part of for so long yeah leaving it is turning away from so much of what you've like yeah. experienced and known right in there is a fear of, uh, I, I think, a legitimate fear of, like, uh, changing relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, interesting depictions of this in, like, modern media. I was watching this show called Dope Sick today. Mm. Uh, it's a brand new show about the opioid epidemic. Yeah. 
Yeah. And there's a girl in the first episode, and she's like, you know, if I came out as gay, my dad would never talk to me. Sure. Yeah. And I don't. I've met Big Ed. Yeah. Your dad and your mom. Your your parents are cool as fuck. Yeah, for sure. Big Ed is a legend. In <laughs> He's my, an OG. He's, he's an, OG. an OG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So I don't. I don't think they were like that. But I think there well, are people. The the I the thought of like you know as a kid like yeah. There are parents like that who would who would like completely treat you different or yeah. disown you, you know, right. over things like that. And so, I I don't think that's the case in your in your book. But it, yeah, there are some like there are people out there who are like that. Sure. There are people who are like that, and yeah. there are people who are black and white thinkers in that way where they're like, you know, um, he did this, fuck him, yeah. you know, right. uh, and that's sad. Uh, and that's, I think, what we want to fight against is the idea that, like, you know, uh, we're all having this human experience. That yeah. did, uh, did you see the new Dave Chappelle special? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a it's a very interesting special. It's controversial. I, I tend not to, to like me. It. I, yeah, it's great. Well, it's controversial to media as a whole. I think it's great. No, I know what you're talking about. But I loved the sentiment. The um, he's talking about the trans lady that. That he met his friend. His friend. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Uh, and the sentiment she says is like, "You don't have to understand me. You need to respect that. Just respect that I'm having a human experience." Yeah. And I, oh, think, I thought that was really powerful. Yeah, that's yeah. absolutely powerful. And, and like, that's what we can do with one another. And so, yeah. yeah, I completely agree with you. Like, a lot of that pressure gets built up inside people's heads. We yeah. build up that pressure. Yeah. But I do think there's. It's important to clarify that there is sometimes legitimate pressure in that way yeah and one that's not okay yeah but two like you need to kind of take these things to the light of truth to god yeah. you know really consider these things yeah i mean really if you're experiencing that kind of pressure uh you know, legitimate pressure where people are talking about disowning you or something like that. Your parents are talking about disowning you. Yeah. That's an, that's, you know, you should talk to people about that because that's not healthy, but yeah, um, that's a real issue. That's a real issue at that point. Sure. And, and yeah, but well, so yeah, I think I mean, a lot of it, a lot of the pressure ends up being built up in our heads. Yeah. Part, yeah. Well, and I think here's a hot take though, too. I don't think I, I don't think I really had the... I don't even think I had the stones to leave. Like, I don't think I had the balls to leave. So, in a way, I, I wonder if that... I wonder if that pressure was even maybe a little good for me. Kind of I I kept me around a little bit. I don't know if that's a hot take. That might be a wuss take, right? <laughs> nice, dude. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. Um, I do wonder if that pressure... No, but that's, that is that is something. Kept me around, you know? Like, if maybe if that pressure wasn't there, I would have banged out. I don't know. But... But... It, and, and some of it... Well, it was perceived pressure. A like, lot of it's perceived. Yeah. What's real and what's... And like, the whole idea of perception is a whole other conversation. But, sure. like, what's real in that and what's not yeah. is, is interesting. And I think... I think one of the things that you've... That we're, we're really aiming towards is this idea of love. Like, they, this is what you're learning from God in a kind of a long form way yeah. as a church kid because I think as a as a youth you kind of you know it's 
it's muddled. Um, you know, you're kind of limited in your understanding of the world. Yeah. And as you grow up and you make mistake after mistake, and you understand, you know, the Bible better and better, what you understand is God loves you like as you are, mm. the fuck up that you are. Yeah. At points. Oh, yeah. Um, and sometimes, you know, He's gonna throw discipline into your life and, and make it difficult. But yeah. But the the thing is, is that He loves you as you are, and um, and He's forgiven you as you are. And yeah. so, like, even though you can turn away from Him, you can, um, you know, make huge mistakes. Yeah. The different and, and there's a difference between God and the church here. Totally. But God all-encompassingly loves you and still wants you and still communi- and, and still trying to communicate that to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, even through discipline sometimes. Yeah. Um, so did you, did you feel, did you feel pressure? Like, did you ever go through that dissonance stage of maybe there's a little rebellion, maybe you, you're kind of like, I, maybe I kind of want to leave the church, I don't know, but maybe that pressure is keeping me around, or did you I, ever feel pressure? Absolutely. Okay, like, yeah. I mean, I think the thing, the thing is, is like, you have so many relationships built up sometimes. Yeah. It's hard to like, try to imagine changing those, um, is, is something that's real. And I don't think is a very healthy place to be, but, um, I think we, yeah, like I felt certain pressures, especially growing up as a kid. Mm. I, I mean, I felt like a lot of like guilt as a kid because mm. even though I was communicated God's grace on Sunday at, at church or whatever, like th- this is an interesting story. So when I was like six, yeah, I kissed this girl in first grade. Nice, dude. Yeah. And what was her name, dude? Can you say that? I don't know. Probably not. Rikaira. Anyway. Gotcha. <laughs> Um, I love it. Uh, anyway, uh, my parents heard about it from my principal or teacher or something, and snitching, they, dude. They snitching <laughs> on your ass, dude. They sat me down and they asked me if I kissed this girl. You're like hell yeah. No, I was like hell no. <laughs> yeah. I was scared, you know, because sure, sure, I sure. I was sure there was going to be consequences. Oh yeah. And so for seven years, I knew that I lied about. And, like, I felt shitty yeah. about it. Like, super guilty. Yeah. And uh, me and my dad would go into a Buckeye game. I think this was eighth grade at this point. Yeah. And we're walking, and he probably doesn't remember this one bit. Yeah. But, like, we're walking, and I tell him, you know, I, I lied about this, da-da-da. Wow. But, it was weighing on you that but, heavy. But, like, I remember, like, a lot of days where I felt, like, bad about that. Wow. Yeah. And... And that was, like, a perceived pressure that mm. I had really inflated of, like, you know, lying to my parents is terrible. And, like, and, and, and the whole weight of, like, morality and things like that and not fully understanding the gospel. Even though I think I've accepted Christ at this point, yeah. like, I feel like I didn't fully grasp God, how wide and you know deep god's grace really is right um and so like i was just like i would lay in bed thinking about that like yeah 
fuck me. And then also, like, scared to death. Did you think you were going to hell for it? No, I, I don't you think just, I... You just felt I felt like I was a shitty person okay. because of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, I, I, I wasn't, like... The other thing, too, was I wasn't, like, 100% confident. You know, kind of what you said, too, like... God is God real? Mm-hmm. Like and and you know, I'm am I a hundred percent confident now? Yeah. Not quite, but like I'm pretty darn confident now. Sure. Um, but sure. at that point in my life I was not, you know, at all. Right. Right. And like I'm scared like, you know, is heaven and hell real? You know, am when I die do I just cease to exist? Well then why does any of this matter? Right. You know, and oh, then yeah. good question. Yeah, and then, like, too, it's like, but I do think, I, I tend to think that they do exist, you know, I feel like I'm a shitty person, so why wouldn't God think I'm a shitty person? Yeah. You know, and not, and just not fully able to apply the grace to myself, mm-hmm. and to see myself as God sees me, and that's a struggle for life, I think, Yeah. is to see yourself as God sees you, but yeah. Um, at those times, I was like, you know, super... You know, anxious about those those mm. thoughts and those questions. That's yeah. So what? How'd your dad respond when you told him that? Oh, he didn't even give a shit. Yeah, he was like, he's oh, like, cool. He's like, shut the fuck up, Frank. Let's watch these Buckeyes. Yeah, and I felt like, <laughs> I felt like a weight off my shoulder, yeah. and like you know, I I don't even think he gave a shit. Right. You know, and it, but it, you felt a weight off your shoulder. Yeah, because I knew I'd lied about it for seven years, which is just crazy. Yeah. You know, but also like. What? Wait. So did they believe you? They're like, okay, he didn't kiss her. Is that why you felt guilty? Because you thought they believed the lie. I mean, yeah, they let they let it go at that at least. Okay. I don't know. I yeah. mean, you know, I was young, I was stupid, right? Young, dumb, and full of cum. That's know? right, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. uh, still, still are, dude. Uh, yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I got enough years for the letters in the alphabet, but there you go. Still young. I yeah. I agree. My beard's not the full potential yet, so... Yeah, but it's coming in, dude. It's, it's fucking looking good. Uh, I don't know. It's it's scraggly. I gotta I got work on that. But anyway... So you you seem more like a... down-on-yourself kind of guy, beat-yourself-up kind of guy. Yeah. Is that kind of what... Feel bad, like, is that kind of your vibe, you think? Yeah, and I think in a lot of ways, I rebelled because of that. Mm. Because I was like... I like I had this like shame guilt complex or whatever about myself mm. and so the more like I started to believe that that was stupid and that I was beating myself up unnecessarily mm. the more I was kind of like I'm gonna I'm gonna live like a mess more like like because mm. I just want to like Interesting. I like I like I want to push people's boundaries on the idea of like, because I think there's this picture that people get of like a clean cut, yeah, you know, Christian, and yeah, dude. because I, you I, fucking went complete opposite of that. Yeah, because, <laughs> because I I went through this like self judgment and shit like that. I was like, I resent that. Mm. You know, like like the movie Save the Manny Moore character in it. Yeah. Like I fucking hated that character mm. because in some ways I was that to myself yeah you know and and um, and the thing too is like I think like communicating God's grace happens yeah. on multiple levels mm. and 
and part of it is like showing people that you're flawed mm. and I, I think there's a lot of Christians who really don't do that mm. where they try to present you know this picture of somebody who has it all together yeah and to me I scream bullshit yeah go shove it up your ass dude. sure like you're a human being you're going through and that, that's the thing that's kind of happening right now within the church you see a lot of these pastors who are getting you know uh, yeah. Ravi Zacharias and, and certain other guys are they're getting exposed for things that were hidden in secret yeah and that's and that's the thing is like I think fraudulent dude yeah they're fraudulent they're, they're saying one thing on Sunday and doing something completely different Monday through Friday right and I think for us to be able to bring Christ into our whole lives mm-hmm. we shouldn't be living a lie right in front of in, in front of God and in front of the other people at the church yeah dude you know and, and so that's the thing that I really got hung up on and I'm like I'm you know I'm gonna say stupid shit. I'm gonna fuck up like yeah. all the time. Yeah. Like because I know I've done that throughout my whole life. Mm. But and I and I just hate that that image that people get of like the judgmental, have it all together Christian. Yeah. And I I think I think it sours the world. Yeah. To, to the message of Christ to what what God has to say yeah and and I don't blame them right I don't disagree I'm like oh, I hate that person too yeah. yeah 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 and so it's like you're standing there and you're like we are deeply flawed yeah we're liars we're sure. fuckers we're sinners we're pieces every of single shit. one of us yeah and we need forgiveness yeah we absolutely need forgiveness mm-hmm. and and the more that people make it seem like you know the longer they're Christians the more they have it together they're gonna be and like yeah we, our goal is to to some extent you know become like Christ yeah but I think a lot of people make it more about the Ten Commandments and like yeah like living this pure life yeah and I think what that really means is living a loving life Ooh. that shows because that's the most important commandment love the Lord your God with all your heart soul and mind yep. and love your neighbor as yourself and so to frame it to the world mm-hmm. as like somebody who's like you know figured it all out yeah and like whatever yeah that's gonna be intimidating yeah. But to, to frame it to the world as, like, I love you. Yeah. And I love you because the God of the Bible loves you. Yeah. And he, you know, cares about you as you are. And so I'm trying to communicate that to you. I don't have the same love that he he does. Right. Like, on the same level. Right. But I'm trying my best to communicate his love to you. Yeah. And that's a message that people are like, cool, dude. Right. Like, that's awesome. You really care about me as a person. Yeah. You love me as the human being that I am. Yeah. And you're trying to show that. And and love is not like a you know really easy term. Like there's there's all sorts of views of love, but like the sacrificial love, the the type of love that 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 Jesus displays in his life, where 
you know, I think time and time again, he hangs out with the tax collectors, scum oh, of the earth, yeah. the prostitutes. Yeah. You know? Fuck yeah. And, and the... The fucking raw dogs. The dude. raw dogs, dude. Yeah, dude. And, and he, the people he gets angry at are the Pharisees. Yeah. The, the religious leaders. Yeah. And I think of today, like, you know, it, for a Christian to drive by, like, a strip club and, like... Yeah. See, you know, the people who yeah. are going in there and they're like, what a fucking scumbag. Right. And it's like, I'm not saying Christians should be going into a No, strip we club. should get in there, dude. They but need the fucking... They, <laughs> <No. laughs> they need the cops. But, I mean, like, if there's a stripper in your life and you're yeah. a friend of them, like, awesome. Sure. Like, you know, and, and the guy, like, we should be trying to befriend those guys yeah. who go in the strip club. Oh, yeah. Not not telling them they're fucking scumbag filth, right, right? But telling them God loves you, yeah. And He's got something cool that's yeah. that's more along the lines of what you're looking for than than what you're finding in there. Sure, sure. Yeah, I I am I do get um, I do get a little slimed when um, you know Christians are like um, they try to act slimed by like oh. This dude's smoking weed or something like that. People like wig out on some shit. Yeah. Or like, oh, this dude's fucking drunk, and they judge him or something like that. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, because that's what people do, and that's like, I'm not saying it's right or wrong or good or bad, but it's like that's what people in our they're just they need the Lord. So what do you expect from them? They're gonna do things like that. Yeah. You know what I mean, so why are we judging them? Why are we acting repulsed by them? Why are we fucking you know? Who the fuck do you think you are? You yeah, know what I'm saying like so. Absolutely. But um, what was I gonna say? Back to the back to the story. Yeah. Um. So okay, I, I decide like okay, I need to figure out what I believe, right? And I need to decide what I'm gonna do. So there was a couple things that were really helpful for me. One, I actually went to a I started going to a Christian counselor where I was, like, laying out my doubts and fears and stuff like that, and, like... My... That's fucking awesome. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. I... Dude, people try to act, like, all ashamed of counseling. I'm like, what's there to be ashamed of? You're getting help for your life, dude. Like, go fucking do it. I, I, I'll i go to counseling right now. I don't care. I don't give a fuck. It's... No, it's, <laughs> it's really a freeing experience. Yeah. Because you're able to, you know... Express yourself completely in a way that's not very. Um, a lot, all the pressures are kind no of no pressure. Yeah, no pressure. And and you're just like free to be yourself and be yeah, honest. Right. Um. And it's you know kind of uh, private or whatever. Totally. It's 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 great and and it's a really healthy way to kind of yeah. figure certain things out. Yeah, yeah. So that was helpful, and then another thing was. This was when I started to actually learn on my own, too. So I started reading on my own. I started reading the Bible, reading commentaries, reading spiritual books, getting really into apologetics, obviously, which is arguments for the existence of God. Yeah. Because I had no idea. You know, it was like, does God exist? I don't fucking know. I was like, well, here's some fucking evidence for it. I'm like, oh, that's fucking persuading, you know? So that was helpful. Um, my, my dad was really helpful. Big Ed. Yeah, he was he was helpful, and I would talk to him. You know, because he was a guy I felt, like, safe with, you know, that I could tell him, like, hey, you know, 
I'm afraid and whatever. I have all these doubts and like I doubt that I'm saved and I doubt that God is real and all this kind of stuff. And he's like, oh, me too. Like, I used to struggle with that too. Like, he would, he has, uh, you know, some anxiety and stuff like that. And um, he used to just be riddled with fear mm-hmm. that he wasn't saved. That, like, yeah, same kind of thing that he wasn't saved. <clears throat> so, talking to him, he recommended this book to me, which I would recommend to anyone as well. It's um, <clears throat> it's called Full of Full Assurance by this guy H.A. Ironside and it, it was copyrighted in 1937 47 so it's an old school book old school guy old school book and it's a short little book too but what, what this book was great about and what my dad was great at helping me learn was that learning to trust God learning to know the truth and learning to know what he says to be true and learning to trust that and live my life based on that rather than looking for some sort of feeling or experience and living my life based on that, mm-hmm. right? So, you, you know, you look, you go through all the scripture and it's like, yeah, this is what God says in his word, you know, that if you believe with your believe in your heart and confess your, with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that you'll be saved. That's what it says, and that's what God says. And so that's true. And that's true whether you feel like it's fucking true or not. You know, it's this idea that, you know, I'm baptized into Christ. I'm placed into Christ. Well, I don't, I don't feel that way. In what sense am I baptized in, into his death? I, don't, I wasn't there 2,000 years ago. I don't, I don't feel that. Doesn't, that doesn't feel true. That doesn't seem true because I'm not experiencing that physically. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But it's like a spiritual thing, and God says that it's true. And so I'm like, okay. These are the truths that God lays out, and they're true regardless of whether I feel like they're true or not. So I'm going to choose to trust him and choose to trust what he says is true and act in faith based on that. And so this is, this is where what comes in is called <clears throat> the fact. My dad taught me about this, but other people know about it, obviously. The fact-faith-feeling train, right? And so it's this idea that yeah, imagine a train, like a choo-choo train. You know what I'm saying? And there's three cars. So what I was looking for was fact, feeling, faith, right? And so it's this idea, what is the fact? God says this to be true. That's the first thing, the fact. But then I wanted, I wanted the feeling next. I wanted that to feel true before I was willing to step out in faith and act on that, right? But the reality is, is that those two are, those last two are flipped where, you know, a true genuine faith walk with God is knowing what he says to be true, trusting him and trusting that and appropriating that in your life. And trusting him means, requires some action, stepping out in faith, stepping out and like, okay, God, you say this is true. To me, it doesn't feel very true right now, but I'm going to choose to trust you mm-hmm. and live in, in this way or, and live in light of this instruction or whatever it might be. And so it's that as you begin to do that, then the feelings come, right? Then, the, then you begin to see like the truthfulness of it. You know what I'm talking and, about? And, and they don't always come in that line, but I do want to say yeah. 
Brother, I could not agree more. Yeah. And we mentioned this in the last episode. Oh, really? This, like, a simple, like, I mean, it's the same thing, but, like, okay. knowledge, faith, experience. Okay, okay. So, different words, but, like, gotcha, and the, gotcha. the train and the leading. Uh, well, you didn't say the fucking train, so I gotta bring up the train. I did, I did say train. Oh, you did? Well, yeah, yeah. Well, fuck, dude. I mean, I'll I, have to go back and re-listen to it. I'll check. No, 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 but, <laughs> but maybe this, I mean, maybe this is something that comes up every episode for a good reason. Sure. Which is that... I and I absolutely think this that belongs in this episode because yeah. that's well that was instrumental for me man you know well and and for me as well man I think yeah I think we want the experience to be immediate yeah and and the feelings to come immediately and I'm like yeah. okay God like I know I've accepted you like I want to feel that yeah and right but I'm not like. Some people really, do. I'm not like fully believing it. Some people do. Yeah. Some people absolutely. do. Yeah. I mean, and I think a lot of people. It's what's different is but like I, I had to learn to be like, well, that's fine if they do, but you don't, and that's yeah, fine too. Yeah, like, absolutely. People's reactions and experiences and stories are different. You they're, know. Yeah. They're. I mean, and that's okay. So just because I don't, just because I don't have these crazy feelings or experiences or emotions, that doesn't mean it's not true for me. You know. You know yeah. what I'm saying. Well, it, it it means it doesn't mean it's not true, like in right. general. And I think, too, like where you make decisions kind of affect things. Like somebody who is coming out of like like a crazy long, you know, time of sin, and they yeah. really get the gospel. Right, right. And they're like, "Holy shit, I'm forgiven for right. all the, these things." Yeah. And I feel like that would like that's going to gonna be extent, powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Be like. Absolutely, you're going to get those strong feels. But, like, right. somebody who is limited in their understanding of the gospel, who, you know, maybe, like... The other thing, too, is, like, growing up, after you've accepted Christ, you're like... Yeah. There is, you still have the flesh. Totally. You still have, like, the desire to sin. And, like, you're curious about the world. Yeah. And so... The thing, and then you're kind of like, there's, you know, kind of what we talk about pressures, yeah. to like stay away from that, and like you're told like be in the world but not of it, but and and that verse is used many different ways, but I think sure, um, the better understanding is like don't just follow the world but be a part of it. Yeah. Like uh, <laughs> like fucking watch football and fucking be pretty normal. Yeah. You know? No, Watch movies and shit. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Uh, there was a pastor's YouTube... Uh, well, I pastor loosely. Yeah. There's a YouTube video of this guy, kid coming on. He's like criticizing the worst st- sermon of this guy, Stephen Furtick, which uh, I don't know uh, much I don't know much about him. Don't necessarily like Stephen Furtick. Sure. But the critique is of the fact that Stephen Furtick is showing Led Zeppelin to his kid. Okay. And that... That's a terrible message because mm. they're Satan, like like oh, they're yeah. they're sat- satanic lyrics or whatever. Okay, yeah. And I'm like, give me more of them lyrics, dude. Yeah. I want that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, Led dude, Zeppelin's awesome, dude. You you repulse, yeah, everybody, right? Like, and, and it's um, and he's like, uh, this guy talks about like, oh, I can lift more than my son. And he's like, wow. 
pride in a teaching. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, I mean, like, I don't think that that's great teaching, but I just saw 10 second clips and he's, he's saying this is the worst sermon he's ever seen. Yeah. And that this guy is a fucking terrible human being because he yeah. says these small, right. unimportant things. Right, right. And. Well, I'd like to see this piece of shit try to give a sermon. I'm sure, yeah. it, I'm sure it would suck. Yeah. <laughs> you ever you ever heard Led Zeppelin? Yeah, fuck Straight yeah. from fucking Lucifer himself. <laughs> yeah. Are they really? No. Oh, okay. But, well, I love it. No, no, that's that's his teaching. You know, oh, he stands yeah. up there, <laughs> and he, he's like, oh. <laughs> oh, you're, you've heard of Green Day? Yeah. American Idiot? Yeah. Well, maybe on the America. Yeah. They're, they're terrible. They're yeah. criticizing America. God's country. Come yeah, on. Yeah, dude. God's country, yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, that's that's straight from Satan himself. That's right. We've inherited the, the covenant for Israel. Yeah, dude. In America, no. Right, I mean, right, that's right. that's all sarcasm, right? Right. One hundred percent. But like, yeah. So <laughs> sorry, that was a weird tangent. No, I like it. That's what it's for, man. So maybe we could talk. So okay, to conclude my story, like once I once I started doing all that stuff and figured all that stuff out, I was I was like, I made the decision. I was like, yeah, like, I believe this is true. This is what I want my life to be about. And I'm fucking saved, you know, like, I'm a Christian, and it counted, you know. Yeah. And since that day, so that, I don't know the exact day, but it was like, I was maybe 22 or something, 23 or something like that, I don't know. I haven't had a doubt since. I've never doubted since. Like, I've never been afraid, are you saved, are you not, are you, those thoughts haven't been there at all. Never once. That's That's wild. Yeah, yeah. That, now... I think some of it has to come down to personality a little bit, too. Yeah. Because some people, you know, they kind of... Some people are more... Uh, what's the word? Temperamental. Um, melancholy, you know. Like, there's always some level of that. But I do agree. I think there is significant... Uh, like, I don't doubt your experience whatsoever. Yeah. Um, and I agree that there's significant confidence to be had out there. Totally. Um, and I think one thing that's really important, and this is kind of huge in my story, um, and you, you touched on it, the apologetics and understanding. Yeah. Like, I think at the end of the day, what matters is what's true. Right. Totally. What, what is true. And so everybody... Do you want to put this down there? That yeah, you that's... You want to put it on the pizza? Sure. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> You're getting tired of holding it. A little bit. Yeah. But the um, the whole the whole thing, and this is part of the thing that ate at me growing up too, was like, yeah. what if it's not true? You know? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And how does one, like, know? And so, like, I think it's important to say that I come from a biased point of view. Absolutely. Mm. That it and everybody does. There's no losing that, so you can't really say it as a caveat. That's just the honest truth. Sure. But um, I think for genuine belief to be manifested, one has to come to the conclusion themselves of oh, what yeah. they think is true. Amen, dude. 
We're talking about coming to our own convictions right now. Coming to your own convictions. Fuck Absolutely. Yeah, I preach that all day, dude. Nobody else can. Nobody else can give you, um, or can can bring about belief within yeah. you. Now they can, per, they can you know persuade you in some ways. They can give you information. Yeah. Um, but you have to come to that place yourself. Right. And so. Not it's not your fucking parents. No, faith. absolutely. It's not your friends. It's not the people you respect. You need to come to your own conviction between you and God, and just your general belief of like yeah, what this you is think. What, yeah, what your worldview is. Yeah, you need to come up with that. Yeah, and you need to come to your own convictions for sure. And so the way I did that was like, I started doing some research, and I think, obviously, you brought up like reading. Is yeah. awesome. Uh, as much as uh, I'm, I'm a big part of my take fan, and they say not a book guy, you know, and yeah. it, it's tough for it's tough for us in this generation to read. Well, we yeah. just, you know, there's so many great TV shows out there. But well, you guys got to grow up. You got to read more. <laughs> <laughs> well said, CJ. <laughs> but yeah, I agree. I agree. No, I mean it, it's difficult. There's audiobooks, but I, I I don't think anything quite replaces the pen and paper or the you know paper and ink or whatever. Right, but, right, right. Um, what I did when I was like 18. Yeah. Uh, so similar, you know, age to what you're talking about. Yeah. I was like, why the fuck? And what the fuck am I doing? Sure. Like I'm like screaming, is this real? Like, yeah. What's going on? And so I did a lot of research, and I still cling to this to this day where. I built a logical argument for why I believe in God. Sweet. And when I have doubts, yeah, um, I turn back to this. And it, and like I don't think it's necessarily perfect, but I think it gives me a really good framework for why I believe yeah. uh, in Christianity. And so it, it's pretty simple. Like I start with the um, cosmological argument. Um, yeah. The world starts with a big bang, the mm-hmm. big bang, you know, theory, uh, or the universe does rather. Thirteen point eight billion years ago, right. not a young Earther. Sorry, not yet. Kirk Cameron. Yeah. <laughs> uh, bananas, you know, don't disprove evolution. Right. So. Right. Um, <laughs> but, and you know, evolution's a whole other topic. I'm not talking about that. Right. Anyway. 13.8 billion years ago, you know, right. the universe expands. Um, and what it comes down to is the what started this Big Bang is either organic, you know, or living matter, with like volitional, mm-hmm. or not. Yeah. And if it's not, then it's random chance that we by no means understand. Now, science is defined by, you know... Science is based on our understanding of this universe. The laws of physics, um, our, like our understanding of gravity, things like that, are only confined to within this universe. Right. So to expect science to understand what's outside of this universe is not understanding what science is. Sure. Um, because, I mean, what we use are the laws that are within this universe. But anyway... Um, the point being, to me, the best explanation of this complex universe that we live in, um, between 
a non-living or non-thinking um, cause or a um, thinking cause is like I, I, I think it makes more sense just because it's you know the whole um, creation ex nihilo creation yeah. out of nothing like the thing too is like what is there what are those non um, non-organic you know matter that's there like we and, and how does that create the yeah. known universe that right. is so vast and wide and has the capability to produce life and things like that yeah um, and there is a great argument I heard too which was which was fantastic um, from J.P. Moreland mm. um, which was the idea that existence is something that we have all borrowed right so like I borrowed existence from my parents, mm. them from their parents, and so on and so forth. Mm. And for in 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 the analogy he used for it, existence was a cell phone. And he said person Z needs a cell phone. So he asked person Y. Yeah. Um, or that cell phone. Person Y doesn't have a cell phone, so he asked person X. Mm. Um, and so on and so forth back to person A. Yeah. Um, person A has a cell phone has its own self-existence. So that existence to be passed on to us Mm. who are all cause and effect, we we are effects of the previous cause, right? For that existence to be passed on to us, there needed to be something at the beginning Mm. that was an uncaused cause. Right, right, right. And so they have the cell phone that we're, we're now you know, borrowed. Yeah. In this analogy. So that that was a really compelling yeah. so the whole idea of like the creation of the universe, the best explanation to me being that it comes from a creator. Yeah. Um because also too, like, if you are if you speculate that this universe was made by aliens. Yeah. Right. That's God. That's a God. Yeah. A God. Right. Right? Right. So if it's Aliens that created the universe, that's a God created the universe. Yeah. Anything that's living or, you know, has, like, thought, creative capabilities, yeah. a volition, that's a God. Yeah. So, I, and I think to say that we know that that doesn't exist is, is, is very arrogant. Right. Um, but, that being said, um... The next point is is kind of what I already hit on. Um, so the cosmological argument argument for the creation of the universe yep. uh, best explained by a creator. Yep. Um, the complexity of the universe. Mm. I'm forgetting what it's called. Uh, fine, finely tuned. Yeah. The universe being finely tuned. Now, there's all these like. Um, whatever you call them. like laws within the universe cosmological constants cosmological constants yeah dude. that need to be there for life to be able to exist for things to be able to exist the way they are and i i tend to think of it like there's a better scientific argument but the way that i tend to think about it is this yeah think about the complexity of the universe in terms of like breaking it down to atoms mm. you know and then atoms form cells whatever cells form, you know, things that make up the organs. Smaller shit. Yeah, then then we get the organs, 
those make up, you know, us. Right. And then things that things that are bigger, like cities. Yeah. Planets, galaxies. Yeah. And then there's like, there's like, super clusters. Oh yeah. And then there's the universe as a whole. Right. And you think about how it breaks down to such an atomic level, yeah. and that we're talking about, uh, like, technology, mm. and like we're recording a podcast that people are going to listen to, maybe you know, two days from now. Yeah. From their phone. Right. And, and the ways like. And we drink water, just everything. It's just kind of a mind-blowing thing to think about the fact that we exist in this complex world where there's so much going on. We're we're battling between good and evil. We don't even know what those mean necessarily, but we're figuring that out in this universe that is vastly, like, bigger than we fully comprehend. We're these specks, but we... But we exist and breathe in in this yeah. moment in time, yeah. and it's all kind of like. Um, there's a great song by this guy, John John Craigie or something Craigie, mm. um, called "Dissect the Birds." Okay, and and he just like, in this artistically beautiful way, is like, basically like all these things had to happen for you to be here. Isn't that beautiful? And absolutely something to be thankful for. Hmm. The fact that you exist in this world, and yes, it's fucked up, and yes, there's a lot of things, but it, it's it's crazy that you're here as you are experiencing life. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and so that complexity of the universe. That uh, check out that song though, Di- dissect the birds. It's yeah. it's an incredible um, depiction of that idea. Um, yeah. But then, so from there, so those are the two things on like a, a, a kind of a cosmic level where yeah I think it best explains you know God or right. like like the best explanation is God right. and then you know doing research into predictive prophecy oh yeah um yeah Daniel 9 being a huge one yeah. um but just going through predictive prophecy Micah 5 21 I think is one too mm-hmm. um seeing that Jesus's like death was predicted in Daniel nine. Mm. There's a great video that James Rochford put together on mm. evidenceunseen.com uh, about the Daniel nine prophecy. Check it out if you haven't. Yep. Um, but there's there's a plethora of different predictive prophecies mm. that are fulfilled, especially within Jesus, but throughout the Bible, which because of the Dead Sea Scrolls, we have copies of before these things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that to me is like very confirming thing. Yeah. Then fourth, fourth um, thing that that really was big was the argument for the historical resurrection of Christ. Mm. Oh um, yeah. Um, and I'm, I like, there are people who died. And the biggest movement was birthed out of this this event. So, mm-hmm. you know, there were so many. There was about five thousand people who supposedly claimed to be witnesses of the resurrected Christ. Um, but of those, you know, we have uh, the Apostle Paul who claimed to see him on the road to Damascus. Yeah. Um, and he was willing to die. He was most likely decapitated, mm-hmm. staying for the belief that he saw the resurrected. Yeah. They saw Jesus, you know, 
um, yeah. the resurrected being. Peter was most likely um, hung on a cross upside down. Yeah. Uh, for his faith. And and uh, James, the brother of Jesus, who during his life did not believe in him, uh, was most likely also martyred. Uh, you know, there were at least a few of the disciples that were martyred. Yeah. I think some of the some of the there the book of the martyrs is is where we take the idea that all but one disciple was martyred that's written in about the 300s uh ad so i'm not like super confident that everybody mm. who was a disciple other than john was martyred but yeah dude john fucking retired on an island right john was yeah like, like he got his fucking he was chilling exiled Exiled on an island. Well, you say exiled, I say he was chilling, you know. Yeah. He lived in that island life, you know. That's no, I'm kidding. Yeah, you're right. You're totally right. But, I mean, those are some of the ones that I think we have more uh, strong evidence for. But the, the the thing is this, and, and like within the Bible itself, you know, James, the brother of John, is killed um, for his faith. Stephen is martyred. The yeah. And... And that's from Paul's account too. So, um, James didn't did Hudson pick James in the draft? Yeah, Hudson uh, did pick James. Brothers. Interesting choice. Can I just say that Hudson? Interesting choice, but okay. Interesting choice, absolutely. <laughs> but the uh, the thing about it is this: is like these people were willing to die for the belief that they uh, saw the resurrected Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. That he, um, that. That he literally did die for our sins in that way, and the biggest movement in history was birthed out of this too. Like, yeah. I mean, religious movement. Christianity is the biggest religion in the world, and it's birthed out of you know this small area in Israel in mm. the you know year you know roughly thirty three A.D. Right. You know, uh, and it becomes this worldwide phenomenon. Yeah, and, and there are some. One one thing I want to say too is like I've heard some um, skeptic scholars say that none of none of the gospels are written by a disciple, blah mm. blah blah. Yeah. There the things that, one thing to keep in mind I think as a church kid and as anybody is you're absolutely are biased, but the other thing too is. Sometimes there are scholars on both sides of an issue. Yeah. And you need to not just trust the scholars, yeah. but do more in-depth research. And the thing is this, is like, why are they coming to these opinions? Well, a lot of them are coming to the opinion because they're skeptical. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to take the least generous yeah. and most ungenerous approach to how they're viewing the history, right? So, like, I mean, our our best understandings of who wrote Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is Matthew the Apostle, yeah. Mark with the help of Peter, yeah. uh, Luke the uh, the doctor yeah. who was with Paul and, and wrote the book of Acts as well, right. and then John, uh, the brother of James, the yeah. Apostle. Yeah. Those are our best understandings. And, yeah, you could, like, because we weren't there and because we don't have everything figured out but there's like you could you could critique that but there are plenty of church fathers Mm. in other writings who are saying these people wrote this and there's plenty of historical evidence outside the bible Mm. that point to it and so like 
you could get skeptical about anything and everything and say we know nothing about history. Yeah. Or you can, you know, do what we've done, which is we look at what evidence we do have in yeah. history and we give you our best understanding of it. Yeah. And we take the evidence, the primary sources, yeah. right? We we bring them together. And so we have like first century documents of uh like fragments of these of oh, these yeah. gospels. Yeah. Uh, of Paul's writing and uh, as well, and so th- th- this is a huge tangent. But the the point being, <laughs> the point being, yeah. absolutely positively come to your own convictions. The the way yeah. that you, um, this would this is a good advice. This is advice you and I are giving for kids growing up in the church. Yeah, but also for parents raising kids in the church. Yeah, like. Help your kids um, think critically. Think critically. Help your kids. You know, encourage them. I would say encourage them to like read. You know, and like come to their own convictions and ask it. questions. And ask questions. Absolutely. You know, like because that was something I did too. Like I, I wrote off my. I call it. I I wrote off my parents' laurels. Right. Like what? What is laurels? Well, that, I don't know. That's just a saying. Like riding off your laurel, like your previous accomplishments or something like that. Uh huh. Like I was, um, I thought I was like, oh, my parents are Christians. They're cool. They're leaders in our church. Therefore, I am. Like they're spiritual. Therefore, I'm spiritual. You're riding their coattails. Yeah, exactly. I'm just like, because they are, that makes me that. You know, I, I didn't understand that, like, I didn't understand, this was a misconception, I didn't understand that, like, following God, or having a personal relationship with God, you have to do things. <laughs> you know, I didn't do shit, but I, yeah, you have to, like, yeah, you have to, like, spend time with God, you have to read the Bible, you have to pray, you have to learn to sacrificially serve and love other people, and, like, lay your... You have to go through character growth and character change and things like that. Like, yep, that's all a part of it. You're not just you're not just spiritual because your parents are spiritual. And this, I, I had to learn that. You know, what I mean? like I didn't understand that. And no one, no, I don't think anyone ever explained that to me either. How would that? How would you know to explain that to someone? But I would explain this to your guys' kids or whoever has kids in the church out there that like just because their parents are in the church or following God doesn't mean that they are. No. You know what I mean? But I think that's an 100%. easy thing for a church kid to think. I don't know. Did you, do you vibe yeah, with that Yeah, like, I mean, I think a lot of it, you're, like, riding their coattails. Like, you're like, well, this is what they all believe. Like, my whole, like, dad side of the family yeah. um, were, you know, Christians. And it's like, okay, well, I could, I could passively follow into these footsteps yeah. and not really question those, those beliefs. And kind of, like you said, um, you know, fake it. You know, yeah. I, I could totally fake it and, yeah, and be fine. But that's not real belief. Right. And that's not, that's not like real in general. It's just bullshit. Yeah. And it, and that's not what anybody wants is a, right. is a false, you know, just living a lie like yeah. that, you know? Right. Um, I think it's, you, you can't, you can't think in that way either where it's like 
just because my parents are you know Christians, then I'm a Christian. Right. That's that's not that that proves you don't understand Christianity. Right. Right. So, yeah. 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 So that was a misconception I had for sure. So I would say yeah, encourage your kids to read, ask questions, be really affirming to them and accepting like you know that you love them unconditionally and that kind of thing encourage them encourage them to go out and explore a little bit have a little fun maybe be a little rambunctious you know not too much rambunctiousness but you know go out and have fun with some homies make some friends you know like be a normal fucking kid that's okay and good you know what I'm saying to be able to socialize with with people in general it's like and, and you learn a lot from meeting people with other perspectives like I have a friend who is just completely different from me okay. in almost every way. Oh, wow. But he's incredibly honest and yeah. open about his life. Yeah. And so I'll just ask him about things. And he'll share things. And I've learned quite a bit from him. Yeah. And and part of what that comes from is me not being judgmental. Yeah. And, and like, you know, telling him he's a... I mean, he, like, does a shit ton of drugs and, like... Sure. You know, things like that. Why not, you know? You know, I, I had this one, like, crazy experience, too, where, like, I was at Hookah Rush. I'm a big hookah smoker. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, And this this girl who grew up a Mormon was coming off of her first LSD trip. Okay. And nice. I'm, I'm, like, here, like, at this store, like, listening to this girl talk about it. And then they play this song um, that was, I mean... One of the best things I've heard live, and it was just two two people in a circle of seven people. They're singing this song. Uh, it's by Front Porch Step. It's called Aware. It's like a really beautiful song. I'm I'm like just, it's just kind of like this experience where I'm like, I'm around these people who are nothing like me. Yeah. And yet we're able to have this, kind of this cool moment that I I remember two three years later. Yeah. Um. And. And we're listening to one another, and and you know, did I did I like share the gospel in that moment? No, but um, you know, I I think you know we we had kind of a cool moment, and we talked, and I learned about things, and, yeah. and they learned about things too, and and with one of my friends, like I I talked to him about the Bible a few times, and like I think we should share about it naturally yeah. not like try to force it down the other so I've also been at Hookah Rush when oh. um, I have some the co-workers that I had there were from uh, they were from Lebanon and they were Muslim and like these, so wait is that where you work? no it was oh. my second job for a while but okay. it's also a place I hung out a bunch gotcha too. gotcha um, but when I was there like there were these Christians who came knocking at the door to present you know the gospel yeah no relational capital built just they come in they're like trying to proselytize to these guys. Yeah. And I'm like, and they walk away like, kind of like, why the fuck did a salesman just come to my door? Right. About religion. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and I've had honest conversations about these guys where I, with these guys where I share, you know, my faith with them. And, totally. And they talk about their things with me. But I think like there's a, a thing to be said about like honoring the fact that people need to think for themselves. Yeah. And like giving them what you think and being like, yeah, I think this is cool. This is why I think, you know, you're allowed to think what you want to think. I'm not pressuring them. Yeah. But I'm telling them what I legitimately believe. Sure. And 
if they're curious to know more, awesome. Uh, you know, I will answer any question. Yeah. But I'm not like, it, because I think there's something to be said about relational capital and showing people that you accept them as they are. Yeah. And like love them as they are. Yeah. And like, I think God works on people's hearts in yeah. in ways that we never see. Like yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And so like. Yeah, you want to share the gospel if you have a good opportunity moment. Oh, yeah. But I, I just think there's there's a lot of people out there who just try to force feed it down people's throats. Yeah, they beat people over the head with it. And and yeah, I think it becomes unattractive at that point. Totally, totally. But like you know, like I'll I'll just start a conversation where I'm telling people what I think. Yeah. And present like what I think and like, but I'm not saying you have to believe it or anything right, like that. Right, right, right. But hopefully, you know, they think about that. Hopefully, yeah. God works with that. You know? Yeah can use that for sure he and he absolutely can yeah uh the other thing i was thinking about too with parents um there's a couple of verses one's in colossians one's in ephesians colossians three twenty one. um the idea of because everybody always talks about respect your mother and father and you and we should do that sure. absolutely oh yeah but I almost never hear a conversation about this verse that said there's two verses and they both basically say don't provoke your children mm. because they will you know resent you yeah dude and I think that's something to be like okay like as a parent you should definitely practice discipline and I'm not a parent genius I'm not a parent may never have kids who knows yeah, we're not parents at all right yeah <laughs> but what I'm saying is yeah is there it, and it's completely biblical mm. that there's a risk if you're overbearing and yeah. over the top that you can provoke anger in your children. Yeah. Now, kids are going to be little shits like half the time and right. and all that. And, and you're probably going to be a better judge of of that in yourself than they are because they're going to be, you know, full of hormones and puberty and all sorts oh, of shit. Oh, yeah, all that shit, dude. But... It's something to be aware of is yeah. is the idea that you can, you know, you can bring about, like, by being overbearing and over the top, you can um, drive them away. Drive them away, yeah. you know, from God in some sense, yeah. and then also, too, from yourself. Yeah, yeah. So. I think that's good. I'd add on to that, too. On the flip side, discipline is good. And oh yeah! Like you don't want to fucking discipline everything for sure. No. But I had friends growing up who were in the church that were starting to get into bad shit, right? Starting to do bad shit, do bad shit. Yep. And the parents didn't do a goddamn thing about it. And me, I was, I wasn't like I was. It was my friend. I was the same age, and I was shocked. His parents, my their parents, weren't doing anything. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. And I think that's bad because when there's no consequences, there's no. There's nothing stopping your kid from wanting to do it again or do it more. And that can lead them down a destructive path and ultimately I had a lot of, I've had a lot of friends, you know, lose their walks with God, you know, or whatever. So I think uh, discipline is absolutely important. Yeah, and it's a balance. It's right. discipline versus, you know, and gradually increasing freedoms because as people become older and you know as as kids become teens obviously a lot of teens rebel in, in a big way sure and in some ways it's really a good thing right because they're you know in some sense like like 
thinking things for themselves. Yeah. Uh, and trying to to fight for their own. Yeah. Identity in some. Fucking spreading their wings and flying. Yeah. Bit, you know. And yeah. and you gotta learn through failure. Learn through. Absolutely, that's you know? big. Yeah. So like, you know, discipline is is absolutely important. Um, but like learning to allow kids to kind of taste freedom more and more as as they get older, yeah. so that they can, one like, if if it all gets put on your table at one point in time, you're gonna be overwhelmed. Yeah. Like, I I love my parents. My parents are great. Yeah. They did a lot of good, awesome things. Right. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah. The. I was limited on soda drinking until I was 18. Oh, okay. Okay. Does that explain, like, the soda explosion afterwards? After 18? Or? I think that was part of it. Okay. It's yeah. like, I mean, I moved into the ministry house yeah. at 18. And, Free. Full freedom. Yeah, and I haven't turned back. Yeah. And maybe, you know, maybe I will hopefully soon. Yeah. Sooner than later. Because yeah. um, I don't think it's particularly healthy. But I fucking like it. Yeah. I fucking like it. Yeah. And... And there's there's levels of self control that gradually over time we need to be able to build for ourselves and make those own decisions. And I gotta live with the consequences of how much Mountain Dew I drink. Sure. And maybe lost a step on the basketball court a little bit. I, I more than a step, <laughs> more than a step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I still got the uh, the basketball IQ. Yeah, dude. So and you still got that crossover too. Eh, it's okay. <laughs> I hustle though. I yeah, hustle. Yeah, dude. I, I hustle it. like nobody's business. I remember, you know, your t- listeners. Frank is drinking from a two liter of Mountain Dew as we speak, <laughs> right? Fucking now. There's a fucking empty hot pocket sleeve over here. This is crazy, dude. Okay, wait. Just to clarify, I, I do want to explain the philosophy on this. Yeah. Who gives a fuck what? Container you're drinking it out of. Okay. Yeah. The the two liter tip. Yeah. Of the bottle is the same as a twenty ounce bottle. Tip. Yeah, dude. It's the same thing. Yeah. And if I'm, if I might drink this over two days. Yeah. I might use this as my one container for the day. Yeah, dude. Uh, so, so, so yeah. So be it. It's a container of Mountain Dew. Yeah. So you think that your since your parents limited your guys's pop intake that once you got out and you were free you were like you were like just went full tilt on it or I mean I I obviously think that a lot of it has to come down to our own choices you know and you can't you can't understate that however I think that I I um it was kind of a desired forbid- that freedom. It was a forbidden fruit. It was a forbidden fruit. This thing your whole life that like. And I mean, I drank soda, but it was limited. Right. And then I go to college and like I'm buying twelve packs. Yeah. And like just crushing them, oh, crushing yeah. dudes. Fuck yeah. And then you know, <laughs> I mean, and, and I got you know I got ways to grow in certain areas of uh, discipline for sure, but. But then again, I mean, the other thing too is like what I said. There's there is this passion that that people don't have it all together, and that's yeah. something I really believe that we have to be able to communicate to communicate the gospel, because yeah, people, the people who pretend to have it all together who don't, which there are a lot of, yeah, they they 
give a bad name to the watching world. And oh, yeah. nobody wants to be like that. And no, so I'm like, no. I, I want people to kind of see my life in a way where they feel more comfortable coming to God as they are because that's where he wants them. Yeah, that's and, cool, man. And I honestly, I feel like you communicate that same thing too mm. with just how you got the, the chill vibe. Yeah. Like the, you're, you're just kind of very accepting. You're also like, uh, like Hudson, I remember he he heard you teach the Bible first time. Yeah. And uh, he came, whatever, and he's like, yeah, C.J. Rhodes was talking about Paul, and he's like, yeah, this dude was, and he just he uses his whole regular vernacular in his teaching, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. and how it it just made it a lot more fun because yeah. it's like he's talking like he's talking about everything else. Right, right, right. Um. And so, like, I, that's something that stuck out to me, too, yeah. that was like, that's badass. I was like, yeah. that's... Because sometimes people have, like, a spiritual voice and then a regular voice. Right. Dude, like, yeah. Totally. And, and it makes me want to fucking throw oh, up. Oh, yeah, dude. I've, yeah. There's definitely a certain... Even, like, a the, the cadence and intonation and tone. Dear people God. can kind of talk the same and pray the same and everything. Yeah. Dude, be authentic, man. Be yourself. Be yourself. Like if I—that's gotta... who God fucking loves. Yeah, dude. dude. Be your dude. Teaching is God communicating His word through personality. I forget where I heard that or was taught that, but He uses you and your gifting and your personality and the way that you are, mm. and He works through that. He works through the coolness of Frank. This is Frank. Frank's being himself. Frank's being authentic, you know, he, he's not, you're not being something you're not. And that's what I think is attractive to people. Like Absolutely. Getting up there and being authentic, not being some fake-ass fuck, you know, not not trying to be something you're not, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that's great, man. I love I love that. And that's, uh, yeah, so, I mean, there's a lot of, lot of things that we've talked about in this. Yeah. Um, no, it's been good. I feel like it's been good. It's been awesome. I've uh, had a blast. Do man. you have any closing remarks? Closing remarks, man. No, I mean, I hope, I hope it. People that are listening, I hope it was fun. I hope it was entertaining. Maybe you learned something. Maybe you took something from it that you can use in your own life, or if you have kids in the church or whatever, that's helpful. If you ever have any questions, feel free to hit me up or Frank. I'm sure. Yep. And um, no, thanks, Frank. This is this has been a blast. I think you're a great host, great great facilitator of conversation, and. Um, yeah, it's just been a privilege. Been a privilege, man. Well, you made it a, a great time to be frank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <dude. laughs> yep. Yeah, thanks it. for listening, guys. Have a great rest of your, uh, you know, days, whatever, weeks, lives, years. Um, if you made it to this point, little uh, little preview. Got uh, my my uh, good friend, uh, my dad's cousin, Fred Herring, coming on on uh, Wednesday hopefully to discuss uh, his music career mm. um, and some really cool stuff with that and then we should be having another draft here in the next week so mm. look forward to that guys thanks for listening and uh, have a good one